Well, hello there. Welcome or welcome back. If you're not new here, I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird. Our final one and done in a month of one and dones. Yes. Um, this one and done episode, we are, you know, usually our one and done episodes are kind of light and fluffy. Tiffany always says minimum research, maximum fun. But we're getting a little serious this one and done. I decided to switch it up on you. So we're going to talk about unsolved crimes with unidentified prime suspects. Fascinating. Yeah. So none of these are solved. None of these are solved. There's been no updates. I double checked, triple checked. Um, these are all very fascinating cases um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I have, I, I think everybody who listens to true crime or consumes true crime has um, such um, a need to solve unsolved cases. So there's, there seems to be a fascination because it's that your brains need to solve a pattern or solve a puzzle. Mm -hmm. So I always find that unsolved cases or missing person cases are um, an interest to me. Um, Speaking of, before we get into it, get into this, a little sidebar, I ordered one of those, uh, I, I guess it's a game, a game where they give you a police a fictional police file and you try to solve an unsolved crime mm-hmm. that shit is hard <laughs> i have yet to solve this crime and <laughs> my objective for the case file that i received is to prove the um wrongfully accused innocent and then solve the crime revealing the real perpetrator you're moving something around and i can hear it what is it sorry I don't know. Maybe get, maybe back up a little bit from your microphone. Oh, shoot. Okay. How about now? Yeah, it's better. Better? Yeah. Okay. So, I am I it's it's unfortunately getting it's getting closer to a cold case. It's already a cold case when it came to me. It is a colder case. And I was just telling my husband, I was like, "You got to help me solve this." We got to solve this. So, look, my point is solving crimes is not for the faint of heart. It's not easy. It's hard work. And Cassie knows because she's played one game. <laughs> what an asshole, right? What an asshole I am. Case. I'm such a fucking asshole. Anyways, okay. So, let's let's just get into it. Um All right. So, our first unsolved case is the case of Claudia Lawrence. And Claudia Lawrence was a 35-year-old chef from Henworth, York in England, Claudia got off work at 2 p.m. and headed home on March 18, 2009. She called her mom and also spoke to her dad on the phone that evening, telling both of them she was going to tuck in early because she had another early shift the next day. Her shift started at 6 a.m. At the same time, her car was being repaired in the shop which meant that Claudia had to wake up a little extra early to walk the short distance to work. So she had to get up about 5 a.m. instead of, you know, maybe 5.30. So she said she was going to go to bed, said goodnight to her parents, all was good. Uh, The next morning, though, Claudia never arrived to her shift. And the manager called her cell phone, but 
after a few rings, it went to voicemail. That same day, and this was March 18th, 2009, Claudia had made plans to meet her friend at a local bar called The Nag's Head, which is, side note, fantastic name for a bar. It is a good name. When she didn't show up, her friend called her cell phone and got no answer, which was pretty unusual for Claudia. Although she didn't have social media, she was very connected to her cell phone. Hardly ever respond, hardly ever didn't respond to a phone call or a text message. So on March, March 20th, two days after she was last heard from, her friend, the one she was supposed to meet March 19th, was still unable to get a hold of her, so she called a mutual friend who happened to be the owner of the Nag's Head, and she also called Claudia's father. Both men went to Claudia's apartment, and got in, and found everything pretty much in order. Her bed was made, uh, there was breakfast dishes in the sink, which led them to believe she ate breakfast that morning, uh, her slippers were by the door, her purse, which had like her passport and her wallet and everything in it was still in the house, but she did walk to work. She maybe didn't need all that stuff at work. Um, there was a hair straightener missing and a, a knapsack that she brought dirty work clothes to work in was also missing. So, um, at this time, her dad really had a funny feeling. So he called police and police met him at her house um, however, frustratingly, they did not label her a missing person right away for a couple reasons. One, they didn't see a sign of a struggle or any, um, evidence of violence. And she also wasn't considered a vulnerable person. It wasn't for five fucking weeks, five weeks. Until they labeled her a missing person. And at that time, they labeled her case missing person, most likely homicide. That is way too long. Way to too wait. long. And they didn't, they did that. I believe, this is my opinion, they only did that because her family kept contacting them and insisting that she wouldn't just disappear like this. That something must have happened to her. So... The only evidence they found was from a CCTV footage on Claudia Street, and it was of a man dressed in black, and he was smoking a cigarette with his left hand, and it was captured um, the night, it was CCTV from the night before her abduction and the early morning hours of the day of her abduction, and it mm -hmm. showed the man walking on her street and going around the back of her house where her back door was twice. And the second time he came out from the back of her house, he had a large bag or sack over his shoulder. And the only other clue that they have to this case is it has to do with her cell phone. They discovered that it never left the local area and it was deliberately shut off around noon on March 19th. And that's the day she went missing. Extensive searches have produced nothing. I believe in um, a few years ago, they drained a, a, a lake, a local lake, kind of a pond. They found nothing based on a tip they received. Um, 
The leading theory by police is Claudia was abducted on her way to work or shortly before leaving by someone she knew in the area where she lived and was soon killed after she was abducted. And there's been no leads. Um, They're getting tips, but... The left-handed smoker. Yes. a, A man dressed in black, smoking a cigarette with his left hand. Could be a lefty. Could also be somebody who drives a lot and is just used to smoking with their left hand. Oh, wait. No, this is England. Yes, this is in England. So definitely a lefty. Yes. So, and that's the only case, and or that's the only clue, and... But no cigarettes around the mm-mm. scene for DNA. Uh, well, I guess I there mean, might there be could a million have been, cigarettes, yeah. But five weeks go by, you know, street sweepers and shopkeepers sweeping the front of their yeah. shops and stuff. So That's um, an insanely long time. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate and, dare I say, criminal. Mm. Um, oh, by the way, usually on our one and dones, we don't have an official cocktail, but I am drinking... An orange mango mimosa. Yummy. And I'm drinking a margarita. Ooh, yum. I've had a long, <laughs> not great week. Uh, I'm drinking a margarita. It feels like October 2022. It's only February. <laughs> My MacGyver drink tip. If you're out of agave or simple syrup and your limes are a little bitter, Top your margarita with the flat 7-Up that your kids left in the fridge from last night's dinner. I love it. I love it. You know what? It worked. It's basically simple syrup in a, in a bottle. pretty much is. Yeah. MacGyver. Straight up MacGyver. A MacGyver of cocktails. I love it. If you're not 40 <laughs> and you don't know who MacGyver is, Google him and just, <laughs> that's exactly what I look like. Same hair. Same life. <laughs> All right, so the next case we're going to talk about is the case of Matthew Wade Crocker. On June 9th, 1983, Matthew was four months old. And Sad. yes, fair. I told you we're going a little different with one and done this time, a little mm-hmm. more serious, a little darker. In Mm -hmm. fact, Matthew is the youngest person listed as kidnapped and missing on the Arkansas Missing Persons Database. I bet. Since 1983. I know, but four months old, that's, I believe it. I mean, that's brand new. Yeah. Mm, Okay. So working at a traveling rodeo, a woman who went by the name Kathy Johnson met a man who introduced her to Matthew's mother. Now, Matthew's father was incarcerated at this time, and his mom really needed help with childcare. She had four kids, Matthew being the youngest. So she asked Kathy on the uh, recommendation of this man, like a mutual friend that they knew, that mm-hmm. um, she, she asked Kathy to stay with her for a week to help out with the kids. To live with her? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So on June 9th, there was a party at Matthew's mother's house. And Matthew's mother was never named in the article. And all of speaking of article, all of our sources are always listed in our podcast description um, with direct links. So just putting that out there. 
So there was a lot of alcohol flowing and Matthew's mom went to bed early after drinking at this party. The next morning she woke up and Matthew, the family car and Kathy Johnson were gone. The other three children were left behind, including Matthew's one-year-old sister who shared a crib with him. Hmm. Kathy Johnson is, is suspected to be a fake name. Mm-hmm. She ha- she's only known by Kathy Johnson and a unicorn tattoo she had on her right arm. She yeah. also had, I mean... Not my first toy. <laughs> no, actually, if you have a unicorn tattoo, nothing against you. Unless you're Kathy Johnson. Fuck you. A, a unicorn tattoo can go either way. It, it could be the coolest or it can be the worst. You couldn't have said it better because, it, yeah. Um, she had a shooting star on her left breast and she had the name Kathy on the opposite arm of the unicorn. She had her own name tattooed on her arm? Yes, which I find strange, but also my husband has his own last name tattooed on his rib, so either I married a total idiot, (laughs) 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 or Kathy Johnson is probably the name of a relative that she memorialized on her arm in a tattoo. Or her best friend. That's either her sister, her cousin, or her best friend. Yes. Uh, she was described as a white female, 5'4", blonde. She told Matthew's mom she was 26 years old. Um, she had a missing or decaying front tooth. Um, wow. Yes. Yeah. A lot going on with, quote unquote, air quotes, Kathy. Yes. Um, Matthew has never been found. And law enforcement believe the woman with the unicorn tattoo, kidnapped him to raise him as her own. And he's most likely still alive and doesn't know his true identity. And he would be 38 today. Yeah. he's. I was just going to say he's two years older than us. Yes. That's the only kind of silver lining in a case like this. You know, you talk four-month-old abducted. Um, in some of the articles I read, Matthew's mother said that in some of their conversations, Kathy Johnson had told her she had a few miscarriages or she had a few children that didn't survive past a certain age. So I don't know if that's true. That seems like hearsay to me. But um, if you have any information on Matthew Crocker or this Kathy Johnson with the unicorn tattoo, you can contact the Van Bruin Police Department in Arkansas. It seems like you could just look for Kathy Johnson's that exist, existed, mm-hmm. who died, mm-hmm. and then find the circle of friends around the, the Kathy Johnson that died. Well, and then you would find somebody with a missing tooth, a Kathy tattoo, and mm-hmm. a unicorn tattoo, and a star tattoo. A I mean, there's a star. lot there. There's a lot of information there. It's it's kind of, I mean, I guess maybe she, they, she moved out of state and well, she was with a traveling rodeo. She didn't have a car. And she also stole the family car. She took mm-hmm. it with her. And it didn't mention anything where they found the car or anything. They do believe that she went through Utah to get to California for some reason. That was listed. That was mentioned in the article as well. But She could be my neighbor. Uh, totally. I mean, but I, I, she, 
she was with a traveling rodeo. So she was mm-hmm. obviously not from the area. So, you know, mm-hmm. to canvas the area, like the local tattoo shops probably wouldn't have done any good. I mean, yeah. it's, and it's 1983. Like that's such a tough case, you know? I feel like nowadays that would have been solved in 10 minutes, but yeah, in the eighties, mm-hmm. so easy to disappear. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this is just my feeling or my opinion, but I got the, the, sense from the article that it did take Matthew's mother longer to report him missing. Um, so they mm-hmm. kind of missed that window that like, you know, sweet spot of finding missing persons. Yeah. So hopefully that Matthew was raised and he just is out there and has no idea that he's Matthew Crocker and he's being raised as, you know, the son of unicorn, Tattoo lady. And he had a knife. It seems like that's what happened. Yeah. Um, It, that actually used, I believe it, it probably still happens, but um, it's not uncommon to hear of like people going into hospitals, um, kidnapping newborns to raise as their own. It's not, not unheard of. So, all right. So the next case that we're going to talk about is the case of Tika Lewis. And on January 23rd, 1999, Tika Lewis was two when her family headed to New Frontier Lanes in Tacoma, Washington for a night of family bowling. Each family member took turns watching her between turns bowling. And around 10 p.m., Tika headed to the arcade inside the bowling alley with some other kids. She was sitting at a racing game and her uncle was watching her. He turned around to watch somebody bowl, and when he turned back, Tika was gone. He was only about a foot away. This Terrifying. Gives, it gives, I just got full body chills. It's fucking the scariest thing on the planet. Imme- it is. This is awful. Yeah. Immediately, her family searched for her, and there was fortunately an off-duty cop working as security for the bowling alley that night because it was really busy, and it happened to be very busy on the weekends. The officer working security made an announcement over the loudspeaker. They called the police right away. And um, when the police arrived, they stopped every car leaving the parking lot and searched them, unfortunately, to no avail. A week later, a 17-year-old was interviewed by police. And the kid was known only as John. I'm assuming that's... um, Mm -hmm. Not his real name because he was 17. Yeah. He was at the bowling alley that night as he was many times before. And it was a usual busy night on the weekend. He told police that even though it was busy, one man stuck out to him as odd. On his way to the restroom, a man with deeply pockmarked skin had a little girl by the hand. He said he noticed this man for two reasons. One, the man was white and the girl was African-American. But he said it didn't, maybe it was her dad. Maybe she was, you know, mixed. So the second thing that they noticed was um, the man hit John's shoulder, violently bumped him shoulder to shoulder, and he didn't stop to apologize. He, he seemed in a hurry. He rushed past him and he remembered thinking to himself this guy's the 
a fucking asshole. What the rudest guy on the planet here. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't, and he thought maybe, okay, maybe, then he thought, okay, maybe this dad is taking his daughter to the restroom and she, you know, she's two, she's, maybe she's potty training, she really has to go and they're in a hurry. And he, he didn't think about it after that. And it wasn't until a few days later when he saw the same little girl on the news oh, God. and realized it was, you know, he recognized her from the bowling alley. Also... So he told the police, he also talked to the local news, um, kind of got the word out there, didn't really produce any leads. Someone else noticed a maroon Pontiac Grand Am with a spoiler, dark windows, and a large, loud tailpipe rushing out of the parking lot around the same time. They never found the car. Um, police really hoped that the tip about the man with a deeply pockmarked face, which is um unique and Mm -hmm. kind of stands out uh would produce any leads and um it it didn't it didn't they never found tika and still to this day there hasn't been any leads um that's awful i know the man i know um like in the case of uh, matthew crocker the best and I believe I heard, I read this in an article that Tika's mom, her only kind of saving grace was um, the the kind of thing that kept her from being ripped apart from grief and sadness and all the things that come with your child being abducted is that she was raised by another family. Um, and one of the detectives in the case who, it's still an active case and he's still checks on it works it he said his driving force was tika's mother that she never let them forget never gave up hope um and also again if you have any information on the whereabouts of tika lewis or this man uh, please contact the tacoma police department that is heartbreaking and i don't um it doesn't seem as likely that somebody was raising her as it did with the last case, in my opinion, but I hope that I'm wrong. Yeah. I think that it's important to cover these cases because Mm -hmm. of the whole squeaky wheel gets the grease thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The more people that know about them, the more likely they are to be solved. Mm -hmm. And um, Tika's mom to this day is a dedicated mother. The bowling alley is no longer there. It's a furniture store. And every year on the anniversary, she goes to the furniture store and um, has a memorial for Tika. And it's the, it's the most terrible feeling as a parent. You go to a, you know, a place like this, a baseball field, a bowling alley, a, a skating rink, a movie theater, where it's like family oriented and you feel safe and you're having good time and you're being diligent and it just happens in an instant happens in an instant it is very scary scary. sometimes you can do everything right and everything still goes wrong exactly and they believe um law enforcement believes that the suspect in this case specifically went there to Mm -hmm. um, abduct a child this guy needs to be found. Yeah. Um, they described him as a white male, average build, on the husky side, um, broad shoulders, kind of husky, um, brown curly hair, mustache, and a severely pockmarked face. Um, our next case, and the last 
official case that we're going to talk about this episode is the case of Lindsay Busiak. And this, you might be familiar with this case. It's um, not not necessarily not necessarily a well-known case, but I know I believe that Dateline did an episode about it a a few years back. Okay. In this case, actually, to me, has always bothered me. It's always um, stuck with me. It's just kind of bizarre, and it seems senseless. And it's oh, those th- that one one of those ones that just kind of gets stuck with you and stays with you. Lindsay, the 24-year-old realtor from British Columbia, Victoria area in Canada, was contacted by an unknown woman stating her husband had just moved to the Victoria or Stonich, I hope I'm saying that right, area in British Columbia, Canada, and they were looking to buy a million plus dollar house. She requested that it be a new build or an empty listing. The unknown woman told Lindsay she had been referred to her by one of her previous clients. Lindsay almost immediately felt uncomfortable and had suspicions, but she decided to go ahead with the showing, asking her boyfriend, who was also a real estate agent, to attend the showing with her. Mm-hmm. Several days after the initial phone call and several phone calls between the two of them, uh, Lindsay planned to meet the mysterious couple at 5.30 on February 2nd, 2008. At the first of several listings she had planned for the evening, her boyfriend Jason was to meet her there. On the way, she stopped by her office and the receptionist later told law enforcement and reporters that Lindsay said she was feeling quote really weird and quote freaked out by the woman Lindsay got to the house when Jason called and said he was on his way with a friend she gave him the address and then said oh hey I've got to go they're here he texted her after they got off the phone and said he was on his way Jason and his friend got the house around 5:45. So just 15 minutes after the scheduled appointment. The he went to the front door, the door was locked and they rang the doorbell about 10 times and no one answered. They looked through the frosted glass. 15 minutes later. 15 minutes later. He he knocked on the door, rang the doorbell, no one was really answering. He looked through the frosted glass next to the door and he saw the silhouette of what he thought to be a man what he considered to be a man and he also saw Lindsay's high-heeled shoes on the floor <gasps> so um they went out to their car um and they waited about 10 minutes and the guys did yes yes okay um they waited about 10 minutes they didn't see anyone come out of the house they he actually tried to call the listing agent to the house to get the lock code to get in, and um, he couldn't get a hold of them. So at that point, after a 10-minute wait out by the car, he called 911 and said, um, my girlfriend is a listing agent. She's showing the house to these people who made her feel uncomfortable. I It's supposed to be a woman. I saw a man silhouette. I saw her shoes. So um, 
he made a report and hung up. Well, they walked around the house and they saw that the back slider was open. So he helped his friend over the fence. His friend went into the back slider, opened the front door, and they went into the house. Um, they saw bloody footprints. Um, and then he went up to the master bedroom and unfortunately found Lindsay um, stabbed and unconscious lying in a pool of blood. Um, Jace, Jason, her boyfriend... Um, checked her pulse on her arm and tried to perform CPR. He called to his friend to call 911. They called 911 again. Uh, police believe that Lindsay was attacked between 538 and 541. So um, it's it was just minutes after uh, or oh before God. that Jason arrived. Um, this is a horror movie. They could have been sitting outside Absolutely. while this happened. Absolutely. This is fucking awful. And the reason that police suspect that is because her BlackBerry made an accidental call during that time. And I believe that there was some um, commotion. maybe Struggle. Her, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the police think that the suspects escaped through that open slider in the back. Now... The strange part to me is not much is known about the suspects except the woman had a a thick Spanish or Mexican accent and wore a brightly patterned dress to the appointment. So I believe witnesses or maybe neighbors saw them go into the house um, and she was wearing a very unique and very specific patterned dress. I believe it was black, white, and red. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this has to be somebody who knows them. This is so obviously a personal thing. Well, and that's, that's kind of what sticks with me with this case is it seems so like what, there's no motive. Like what, like, unless it's just a couple who literally are psychos and are like, want a thrill kill which is a disgusting term but I mean, that's the only other thing it could be. Well, it has to be somebody who, it has to be personal. Why would you do this? They're not, you're not getting anything out of this. I don't know. And that's what my thought is, is that's what sticks. That's why this case has always kind of stayed with me is it makes me crazy that there's no plausible motive. Like, why would they do this? They didn't gain anything. They didn't. This is why I hate the strangers movie. I don't like this sort of chaos. It seems totally random. They can't connect it in any way. I hate it. Not to, I mean, this is a real case. I'm, yes, you know, but. Yes. This is awful, but I'm just saying, like, I hate that feeling where there's just, it's just all chaos and there's no connection. Totally. awful. Totally. There's no gain. There's no motive. There's no reason. There's no rhyme. It's just, and there wasn't, um, as far as I know, but I'm not the authority on um, cases in Victoria around this time, but there wasn't a case with the same pattern. So it seems to be maybe a one-off situation. These people are pieces of shit. We need to find out who these people are. I, I know. This is one of those cases to me. I'm like, what the? F- I, we need to solve this. It's like a woman just working hard, living her life, and doing these things. And then somebody does this to her for absolutely no reason. I know. And, and you know, you have to think about it. makes you think about real estate agents, female specific real estate it, agents. It is dangerous. It is. It, it truly is. Or even is. going to see a house with a real estate agent mm-hmm. on your own, there was mm-hmm. that 
man who was a uh, convicted sex offender. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but it happened when he was a minor. And then he ended up kidnapping two people and they were in a fucking shipping container or whatever for mm-hmm. weeks. Yes. I, re- I know that ca- uh, in the middle of um, like on his property. Mm-hmm. And he was like pretty prominent in the community. Yeah. He was yeah. like a council member or some- something. I, told- I know exactly what case you're talking about. He also murdered people at a motorcycle shop. Yes. Like randomly for yes. no reason. Yes. Um, they, all right. So she wore, she had a thick accent. She wore a pretty distinctive dress. Which is also weird. It's. Unless in your everyday life you wear nudes and have no accent. It's the strangest. Right? It, like, unless that's just like a, what, red hair, red herring? No, I don't think herring's fish um is it a red herring it might be i don't know um unless she's doing that purposefully because that's so opposite because if you're about to commit a crime why would you wear something so conspicuous yeah i just don't um something especially a clue that is or that is or is intended to be misleading or distracting wait i said the right thing you did okay why would it be a fish? It's fine. Are they distracting fish? I'll ask. I guess my a red fish friends. I guess a, a, a fish, a red fish would be distracting, I suppose. Um, yeah. So I don't really know. The only thing that they found out at the time is whoever made the calls. This woman who made the calls to Lindsay bought a prepaid phone in a fake name. And mm-hmm. if you give me one second, I can find the name of that per- fake person. I think this person is obviously doesn't really have an accent and would never wear colorful clothing. It it could be uh, Pablo or excuse me, Paulo Rodriguez. Fake. Was... None of this is real. None of that stuff is real. There's no way. This is just another Canadian. <laughs> I know. They're just like picked a random accent and practice it for a while ken and barbie part two yes so they bought a prepaid phone in that fake name and they the police discovered that the calls to Lindsay were the only calls made on that phone and they also used a another prepaid phone or burner phone to call the first phone to check voicemails So two burner phones. So they're really covering their tracks. Which is another weird fucking thing because it's like, was it somebody that she knew that really went through all these lengths to not be discovered? I know that the boyfriend for a long time, um, I I don't remember when the dateline came out, but I know um, on that dateline, the boyfriend for a while was considered the prime suspect police even believe because it was there yes and you know waiting 10 minutes when you know your girlfriend is already nervous about the appointment and you know i would have fucking kicked that door in i would have used my friend as a battering ram and i would have kicked the glass i would have i couldn't get a hold of you for 45 minutes and i almost drove to your house and kicked in your door <laughs> seriously today so, look that literally happened today but i don't i'm not blaming him in any way i'm not blaming him either i because because in 
in real life, nobody mm-hmm. ever thinks that the worst case scenario is going to happen to them. No. And you, people act differently when when they're in shock. I know that from experience. When I, I'm going to reveal something extremely personal. When I was a teenager, I, I lived in, with my mother, my biological mother, and I had the front bedroom and it was the hot summer time and it was hot and um, we didn't have air conditioner and I slept with my window open and I read at night so my light was on and I had, fall, I had fallen asleep reading and I woke up to a man who had crawled through my window and he was caressing my arm and I freaked out and I screamed Terrifying. and I, I flailed my arms at him and he became afraid and he ran out and I heard his footsteps run down the street and I just slammed my window shut and I shut my shades and I slept on the couch I didn't tell my parents at all I was in shock I I didn't tell my parents until I was an adult they they had always assumed when my stepdad woke up in the morning he saw my screen off and he assumed that I had snuck out for the night to go to some kind of teenage party and I told them the story and they said, that's unbelievable. Why wouldn't you tell us? Like, we don't believe you. Why wouldn't you come wake us up? Like, and I said, I, I, I don't know. I was in shock. I Everyone responds to trauma differently. T- totally. So I understand how he would not think anything out of the ordinary. You, you told know? me that story before. I thought it was a, another teenager for some reason. He was young. He was a younger man. But um, yeah, that was. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it was really scary. As an adult now, thinking back, it's like I could have like really been yeah. It could have been really bad. And I don't to this day I don't know why I didn't tell me. I thought I was going to get in trouble. I don't know for leaving my window open. I I don't know. I So people act differently. Because all all and all kids all kids are just like just dumb. Like I was a dumb. I always thought like the dumbest things were going to get me in trouble. But that I would tell things that actually I shouldn't tell. Like, I, you don't, as a child, you don't know. You just are always trying to, you're always wading into these uncertain waters yeah. as a kid because everything's new. And yeah. you were also traumatized. So totally. you also probably didn't, I mean, you really don't know. It you know? seemed, I remember thinking back, it seemed surreal, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's why I always, like, when people act strange in shock, it's like, well, you know, is it really that strange? Because, you know, anyway, so the updates to this case, there's a few. Um, so in 2017, a local Victorian woman, I believe that's what you would say, um, a local woman who lived in Victoria. I think you would say that. We know you don't mean Victorian era. Yes. She was thrift shopping, a woman after my own heart. Mm-hmm. She fucking found the exact no. dress no yes. i knew you were gonna say it yes <gasps> so she found the dress and it was the exact pattern the exact oh, sh- cutout the same did she take it exact in dress. she did she bought oh, it and she called oh, she happened to know um lindsey's father and she called him they brought <gasps> it to the police they thought it was going to be this huge crack in the case they're going to yeah. do dna it turned out to be a goose egg Oh my god! Another no DNA red was herring. found. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. We don't know if it was the woman's dress, but um, wow! I think how, it was. It was. How amazing is that, right? Um, and then 
um, the Victoria Police have recently said, uh, as recent as 2021, said that advancements in DNA and technology have um, opened up some new leads, but they are privy to that. The public doesn't know what those new leads are. Um, but still, with the advancements, there has not been an arrest for um, justice for Lindsay. It, it, like like before, if you have any tips, please contact the Victoria Police Department. That's Victoria in British Columbia, Canada. Is that how you say it? I'm not really sure. Um, we're going to go with that. But, um, yeah, so that is the tragic case of Lindsay Busiak or Busiak. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I hate to mispronounce it. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, um, which is one of those cases that will always stick with me, and I'm always hoping for a resolve. I feel like I have heard about this case before. Maybe I watched that dateline you mm-hmm. mentioned. It does seem kind of familiar to me Mm -hmm. and it is it is kind of wild that there's no dna Mm -hmm. with a stabbing Mm -hmm. it's really hard to not inflict injuries on yourself Mm -hmm. so it's surprising that there's no trace evidence left behind Mm -hmm. from the attack or anywhere in this empty house there's no hairs there's no fingerprints i mean i guess they could have been wearing gloves it's just it's almost like these people were too good to be amateurs but we've never heard about anything like this again so they must have been i know and you know you have to think they always say um that with stabbings it's more than likely that the perpetrator would cut himself mm-hmm. in the struggle. That's what I was saying, yeah. You, I, I, I think when they say they had DNA advances, maybe there was a foreign DNA, um, mm-hmm. maybe blood from the suspect or the perpetrator. But you also have to think, these people had to jump a fence. Wearing a dress? You wouldn't notice two people dressed kind of out of the ordinary, jumping a fence and possibly injured in some way, looking panicked, running from a crime scene. Or no scene. blood on the fence. If they I know. Them, that's, it's, it's just so hard not to leave anything behind. I know. In an attack like this. They had to have had... And they had a, such a short window of time. They really did. So they had to have had escaped out of the back while the boyfriend was out front because he reported on his first 911 call that he saw a man through the glass. And there was for sure two people there. Like, people saw two people for sure. I believe that when Lindsay was on the phone with her boyfriend, Jason, she specifically said, I've got to go. They are here. Okay. So, um, I I believe there's... And witnesses saw a woman wearing a dress and a man. Okay. Okay. Um, So, look, if... I, I would love... I haven't done mm-hmm. any reading on Reddit for this case. I would, I actually, I might, when we get off here. Reddit rabbit hole. I might fucking pour another glass of champagne mm-hmm. and sit down and just fully go down a Reddit rabbit hole in this case because it has always stuck with me. Which brings me to, I have a personal experience to wrap up this episode. I'm so amped up. So I'm so upset and I'm so 
a lot of I have a lot of feelings right now and now we're gonna get personal yes all right so okay th- this the moral of this episode is keep your head on a fucking swivel people okay there be vigilant you can do your best and something uh, an anomaly like this happened but definitely uh, I think the actual lesson of this is no matter how hard you try bad things can happen but I don't really want that to be the takeaway well trust nobody okay that's a better takeaway (laughs) I feel kind of deflated this was a really sad one and done usually our one and dones are so uplifting I'm kind of silly and a little bit sexy and this is I try I try something different if you like it let us know if you hate it you can let us know too can I let us know yeah you hate it okay I I, know it's fine okay I'm upset I'm upset but I stand by it when it comes to unsolved cases Mm -hmm. even though we're a tiny tiny little indie pod I do think that it's important to bring attention to these cases so it's worth it for me to be uncomfortable because it's worth it for these victims to get justice Mm -hmm. and we've said that from day one um you never know who's listening who could Mm -hmm. know something all right so my family made an annual trip to a California, it's pretty well known in California, United States. Um, I think if you live in California, you definitely know where it is. It is the Dillon Beach Camping Resort. All right, so this is back when, let's see, my brother is 30, so this was when he was six, so this was 22 years ago. Not a mathematician here. Um, then yeah. why are we even doing this podcast? 20. <laughs> Surprise. This is a math podcast. Uh, so this was 22 years ago. Uh, we went there. It, a- it actually happened that m- uh, a distant relative owns this campground. And um, I mean distant, like second great aunt twice removed mm-hmm. um i mean we like as families we knew them and they knew us and we were familiar but it wasn't like you share bras exactly um so a distant relative owned uh, still owns their family still owns this camping resort um it's beautiful actually if you've never been you really it's like kind of one of those things that you really have to go check out is cool i love it we go annually still to this day um anyway so my brother was about six and this is a small resort a small town like i said we are close with family who is closely related to the owners so we're in a big group and as kids this was what the early I I would say the late 90s maybe. So we're Mm -hmm. still kind of latchkey kids. We're Mm -hmm. running amok. We used to, there's a bunch of sand dunes the back of this resort. And we climbed the sand dunes, played spin the bottle. Mom and dad don't kill me. Um, With your cousins? No, with kids from the campground. Gross. Maybe my cousins. I don't know if they're my cousins. Not by blood. I don't know. I said we're distant related. I know. What's your weirdest confession? I played spin the bottle with my cousin. Um... (laughs) So we would go play, the older kids would play spin the bottle, and then we would also, like, dig holes up to our, like, waist or necks and bury ourselves in the sand. We just ran amok. We ran amok, mm-hmm. as kids in the late 90s, mid-90s did. This was not unusual. So my brother, who was six at the time, somehow wandered off, which was 
not unusual for him. He mm-hmm. always wandered off. Always. Mm-hmm. There's been a handful, two handfuls of holidays. He's festivals. like Carl on Walking Dead. Every episode of Walking Dead was like, where's Carl? He Yes. Or he's like, uh, he always wanders off. There's been yeah. so many times that law enforcement yeah. working a holiday festival have brought my brother back because he has wandered off. He's definitely the Carl. Zombie apocalypse, <laughs> could you quit running off? Yes. So he goes missing. We haven't seen him in a while. And my mom, my stepmom, was obviously hysterical and we're looking for him and the whole campground is looking for him we cannot find him our neighbors are looking for him the owners of the campground our distant relatives have been made aware and they're stopping cars at the gate because there's a gate to get Mm in um and you have to check in and you kind of check out they kind of wave to you when you leave you have to have a tag it's it's secure so we're looking for him the whole campground is looking for him and the owner, who I believe, rest in peace, is no longer with us, um, was at the front gate. And there comes this truck with a camper shell. And an <gasps> older couple tries to get out of the gate. And sitting in the front, in the middle, between them, is my brother. What the fuck? And she was like, that is a missing boy. And my great nephew what are you doing with him and they said we are we found him wandering and we were gonna take him to the police you're in a campground bring him to the camp camp why would you leave the campground with a child they were fully going to leave fully leaving with him they didn't walk him around the campground they weren't like a normal person would do no drive him around the camper i say you're older maybe you can't walk the campground drive the camp no they were leaving the campground they had my brother in the middle seat between the two of them in the front of their pickup and they fully intended to leave that campground and if that woman had not been at the front gate who knows what have happened who the fuck were these people i she let him go she said i want him out of the car now and you need to leave. So, and that is too close of a call for me. And we still talk about it in my family to this day. So scary. Yeah. And my brother was the kind of kid who he probably would have, you know, who knows what they fucking told him. Like, we know your parents. We're going to take you to, I don't know. Who knows? Well, when you're six, you think that adults, especially you know, in the 90s, like when you're six, you think that adults are right and that they know the thing. They know the thing that you don't know. Yeah. I tell my kids, everybody's an idiot. <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Trust Mom nobody. doesn't have any friends. Mom has no <laughs> friends. That's what I tell my kids. Mom has no fucking friends. Nobody's picking you up. Yes. That's exactly what I tell my kids. Your auntie, your grandparents, that is the only people who will ever be picking you up from school. If anyone else tries to pick you up, you know that I have no friends. Yeah. And no. you scream, you run, you do whatever you have to do. I don't care. Yeah. Scream. Scream. Just scream. Never go anywhere with anybody. You stay where you are and you scream. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. 
It's um, so scary. I don't believe that my brother remembers. He doesn't remember that. Um, obviously, my parents will never forget it. That's good, though, because that means that nothing happened. Like, yeah. he just, it wasn't traumatic for him because it was just, like, some random old folks that were like, hey. And he's like, hi. Yeah. Got, do you have a candy? Uh, yeah. And and they packed up their shit or whatever, or I don't know. Maybe they're on the way out. I don't know. I don't know why the fuck they would try to leave, why they wouldn't bring him to a camp host, why they Seems wouldn't nefarious, walk him around. But maybe it, they're just fucking idiots, best no, case scenario. I, I, it was very strange. It was strange. So thank goodness to the woman who was at the gate. Um, she, tr- I believe she truly maybe not save my brother's life, but she definitely rescued him from something that he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. May the universe bless Cassie's great second aunt cousin. (laughs) Yes. May she get some extra facials in heaven. I don't know what, or massages. Jelly, ooh, jelly donuts in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. I don't know. Fresh jam. They're the best kind. Yes. Ooh, yum. Well, this episode really kicked up my, I've had, I don't want to be a downer because it's a one and done, but I have had a very anxiety ridden couple of weeks. I'm sorry. This episode kicked it up, but you know what? It's fine. I'm only human. Can't, it can't be all rainbows and sunshine all the time. (laughs) You know, I did not mean to um, spark some more anxiety. (laughs) It's actually, you know what? I want to give a shout out to the people, the listeners who have had a shit show of a January. And that's why we kind of chose to do one and dones to just Mm -hmm. kind of keep it light. We know we are going to 2022. We thought 2021 was going to be better than 2020. (laughs) So we keep thinking it's getting better. I know. And I, me, (laughs) me personally, I have gone through it this January. It's been a rough January, but... There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And Mm -hmm. um, the whole point of this episode is to keep your fucking head on a swivel, people. Yeah. Keep it on a swivel. Keep keep you on your toes. Like, be prepared. Prepare yourself. Look out. And follow your fucking gut. You know? Yeah. Uh, Follow your your gut and your intuition. If you see something, say something. Trust yourself. Yes. Believe in yourself. And yes. thank you so much for sticking with our little tiny independent podcast. I believe in you. I believe in your gut. I do too. And thank you so much. And on that note, let's end this and let's end it on a positive note. Love yourself. Lock your doors. And light some incense. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to that.